Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? Oh, going pretty good. How about yourself? Right on. Oh, good, good. Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Actually, not really. <laughs> right now, I don't know what the deal is. This time of year is so busy with functions, like stuff. Like, you know, there's this performing arts festival that's coming up, and I think it kicks off next week. And then we've got like concerts to go. We've got fun days. Oh, every single night we're like running somewhere. And it is just like today, uh, Ava's got like piano lessons in Strathmore this morning. And then as soon as she's done that, she's got to come back and they're going to church to set up for this. It's like the family fun fest they're doing. So they got like a whole bunch of inflatables and stuff. And I don't know, it's probably going to be like 800 people, 900 people were volunteering there. And it's, oh that and then tomorrow we've got a concert at some fancy club and it's like i thought it was just like ava doing a recital or like a concert or something oh no it's at this it's called the red and white club and it's like a sportsman's club or something. i don't know but it's like a concert and a mingle event and it's a black tie affair and i'm like are you kidding me like what i want to go see my daughter play her flute or play in this orchestra i don't want to go mingle with a bunch of strangers like like give me a break you know Oh, and then we're going over for people's people's house on Sunday, and then on Monday we got to drive to Drumhalla, and it's just like, man, every day we have multiple trips to different places, and it is, oh, I'm just exhausted. But anyway, enough about my, my complaining to bring everyone down. What's happening in your world there? Well, real quick before that, I don't remember... And I could be wrong, but I do not remember kids when I was growing up having more of a life than they ever would mm. as an adult. Yeah. You know, social life. I I, I, yeah. I don't get it. You know, I was looking, I don't know, this stat just came up on uh, on Instagram, I think. And the, so there's, if you, you take the average like cost of inflation for living and then a separate inflation, the cost of raising a kid the the cost of raising a kid has raised four times more than just the inflation costs just the cost of living and i think it's i think part of it is that parents just do more for their kids now you know like when i was a kid it's like okay i played baseball and i think it was one day a week one night maybe two but like it wasn't weekends that was one of the reasons i was allowed to play baseball not hockey because there's no games on weekends and it was like Tuesday night, Thursday night, you go. And it was all like within five minutes of our house, just wherever the ball diamond is. And, but, um, yeah. And it's like, it's weird having this discussion with our daughter and with Ava. We're like, you know what? Next year, we're going to have to, uh, tone things down a little bit. You're going to have to make a choice. What, what are the things do you want to give up? Cause she's in piano lessons, which she actually has two days a week. No, three days a week. Um, flute lessons, which is one day a week, plus orchestra, which is one day a week, plus whenever they have concerts. Like, literally from Monday to Saturday, she has a music thing every single day. 
And I'm like, okay, this is, and I know a lot of it right now is a little bit stacked because of this performing arts festival that's coming up and, you know, she's doing like duets with other people or she's in a quartet. So they have to schedule things to meet with the other kids. So they can practice together. But I'm just like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Like, where's the benefit to us? Like, I, I want her to know how to, well, not that I even cared that much, but she likes music. So I want to make sure she can play music and learn. And she's good at it. She's very good at it. So, okay, by putting her in lessons, I check that box. Now, what does this performing arts do for me? That's good to be able to perform in front of people. But she's been doing that since she was a little kid, right? Like in competitive dance. And she has no problems with that. And so it's like, maybe she'll do one flute piece and one piano piece. And that's it. Um, multiple groups. No, sorry. That, that's fine. And they're always looking for people like, oh, can you be part of this quartet? Can you be in this? And it's like, nope. I think next year we're just going to say no. And there's a lot of pressure like from the people putting on. Because obviously the more performances they get, the better it is for them, right? They, they want to have a big event, a big, it's like a whole weekend long or spread over the course of a week or two. But it's like, no, we're just going to do one flute song, one piano song, and that's it. And then they're going to be like, well, it's like, no, sorry. And everyone they go in, you got to, you got to pay for it. And it's just, oh, it just gets to be way too much. The old slippery slope, you know? You start out doing a little bit of stuff, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, why don't we do this? Oh, sure, add that on. Oh, sure, add that, add that. And it's like, next thing you know, the only thing you do is drive your kids around to places. <laughs> it's crazy. I think the but, first uh, the first generation that did this, it was just living vicariously through their kids because they couldn't do it, whether it was they didn't be. have the talent their parents didn't support it they didn't have time whatever right mm -hmm. you know because if your parents are busy out making money so you got food they can't be running you around uh, bowling practice right <laughs> yeah so i don't know no i i agree but yeah it's true it's uh <clears throat> i'm not complaining about it because it doesn't affect me but i am um... <laughs> i'm well, you know, I say it doesn't affect me, but, you know, you, you have to think also, you know, correlation, causation, is there a link between all of this? Um, kids having more of a social life and then this me, me, me entitlement stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They 100%. get everything they want and blah, 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 blah. Never yep. mind. Yep, yep, yep. Kids, but anyways, do they need to socialize? Yes. You know, mm -hmm. just like you socialize your dog. That way it doesn't bite strangers. Same thing with kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want your kids biting strangers. But anyway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So what, <clears throat> what's your week been like? Anything exciting happen? Well, you know, a week ago today, you know, something exciting happened for me, but. You know, something I haven't been able to talk about at all. For yeah, that's months strange. And months and months. Do what? That's strange. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I had brain surgery. I actually had a brain insert. No, just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I became a mason. Yeah. And this that's past Friday, I was became a master mason. And mm -hmm. all Congratulations! Happy. Yeah. Yeah, I know all the secrets you. to the universe. That's right. Now we we control the government. Yeah. 
I'm running for the Illuminati next year. That's right, yep. The board of directors. <laughs> Talking to the aliens. Do you know what's funny? Like, when you hear the um, the weirdness or the, the misconceptions people have about Freemasonry, and then you go through it, and it's, first of all, even all the stuff that's a secret, it's like, why is that even a secret? You know, like, it's it's... It's not juicy. It's not like, whoa, this is an amazing secret. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you arbitrarily said this we're going to make secretive. And, and and in a sense, like, you know what I mean? It's not like here's a password to a vault. That's not what the secrets are, you know? And like going through it myself, I was like, I, why is this a secret? I'm like, I guess just to make it a secret. Like, say if you and I decided to start a club and... and we had a secret and that secret was coffee, like the word coffee. It's about that, you know, I mean, there's a little more importance to it, more significance within the story and it's educational based, but it's funny. And like, have you, have you ever had people ask you, well, I guess because you can't talk about it, but well, I was looking for a ring when I, after I became a master mason and um, I was at the store and I went to every jewelry store at Chinook Center, this big mall we have here. And most of anyone, you'd have to order it in. Um, if they were Sikh, they just didn't like me because they do not like Freemasons. Um, but this one girl, I, I went to this one place and they had a ring there, like in stock. And there's two people helping me out. One was probably about 50 and one was about like 25. And the one who's 50, she's like, oh, yeah, my uncle's a mason. He really enjoys it. He, you know, he's got all his friends. They get together. He goes to lodge meeting and all this stuff. And he's been a mason for 40 years. He just he just loves it. And, oh, cool, yeah. And then she had to go help somebody else. And this young girl that, that was helping me, she was like, so she leans over. She's like, so why do you want to become a mason? Or why do you want a masonic ring? And I'm like, um, because I'm a Freemason. She goes, oh, she goes, why did you do that? And I was like. Um, I wanted to join the fraternity. It's it's a it's a good thing. Oh no, there's stuff they're not telling you. <laughs> and I was like, well, like I know all the secrets and of a craft lodge. And she's like, no, I had a friend, I had a roommate who was a mason, and he wanted to get out, and he couldn't get out. He had to go into hiding. And I'm like, I don't think he. If that's what he told you, then he was lying to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, if I want to quit Freemasonry, I just admit. I just do it right now. I say, listen, I'm going to demit. And then I could demit and in five years say, hey, listen, I'd like to join again. Then I can just apply to my lodge again. They can ballot me and say, yep, we'll have them back. But it's funny that some of the conceptions people have about it. Or they think it's like, they think it's like an evil, wicked cult, you know. Or you, you drink goat's blood and it's funny. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but I think... Uh even as young as I am in the craft, I'm, I think I figured out why they have secrets, why it's so important, and why it's been so successful at keeping those secrets for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, I'm not going to explain what I believe now, but if you look at the reason, the the mission, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, making good men better. It's a charitable organization. That's it. That's all it is. If you boil it all the way down, it's a charitable organization. Mm -hmm. But within that, you know, there is 
Um, 100% equality inside a lodge. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of equality and the reason there's equality is also, you know, the key to everything else. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. You know, it's good. Like, like I tell stuff, I honestly wish churches had something like this for men. Because, like you say, like, Freemasonry will make, make a good man better. And it's all good. It's all virtuous and, you know, character building, um, integrity. Like, it's, there's, there's not many modern things that a man, or many groups that a man can get into where virtue and character are so highly prized you know, and lessons taught and, you know, and it's so fascinating. Like when, when you get like, like usually at every lodge meeting we have an education and they'll talk about something and, and it's, it's like, you know, basically you take the tools of a stonemason and apply that to character building virtuous lessons of life. And, and that is essentially Freemasonry. And, um, yeah, no, it's fun. We had uh, we had a lodge meeting this week, and then next month we have one, and we're having the Grand Master of Alberta there because there's one gentleman's getting a 60-year bar, and we're having also a first degree, and I have to do the secrets lecture. And I've never done a lecture before, and it's like three pages and so I'm like nervous, man, <laughs> especially with the my first lecture, the grandmaster is going to be there and I'll be talking for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, all from memory. But actually, I pretty, I've got it down pretty good and I still have like I, I can do pretty much word for word. There's a couple because it's kind of like the older style English, you know, like oh yeah, in ways that we don't necessarily talk. So that's the hard part. And even simple things like. They'll use one word. I'm like, okay, I would never choose that word. I This is the way we normally say it, but you got to remember it if you, because you, you know, you want to do it as good as you can, you know, but cool. That's exciting, man. Yeah. I may, um, they were asking me if I wanted to do the, the lecture for the third degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course I do. Did the first, did the second, because you have to, you know, of course I do. And uh, my mentor was like, oh, yeah, he knows the first two as well as I do. Um, be no problem for him. In fact, I'll probably have him do it during the annual inspection. What? Hmm. What? May as well. That's cool. But what I said was, put me in, coach. Yep. You know, teach me. Put me in. That's cool, man. Yeah. Because the first time we did it, we had hecklers from the lodge. And then the second time we I did it, there were, I mean, this guy was behind me. And I was really trying to help my, my buddy through his uh, second because. Stuff. Yeah. You know, yep. and uh, this dude behind me, not one of the people judging me either. There's somebody waiting for the meeting to start um, behind me. 
and he just puts his head almost up on my shoulder. He's trying to distract me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny. And it huh. was, but you know, the funny. guy and the way he did it and everything, it was funny. But They're like, man, that didn't even bother you at all. I said, wait a minute. Messing me up and bothering me. Two different things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to punch you in the face, but. <laughs> One, you need a mint. Bad. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. So, um, I might be getting a laser engraver here soon. Cool. From China. Uh-oh. I'm from... <laughs> no, this company reached out and they're like, hey, we want to send you a laser. And I'm like, yeah. I've had a couple of them. They've all been like little five-watt lasers. And so, this company said you can choose. And... um have you ever heard of the, well, I don't know. There's a company called Longer. And I, it's, it's like almost impossible to know from China. Because, you know, the 3D printers, lasers, all these things, they all seem to be the exact same thing. Just different branding or whatever. And then I noticed on um, Instagram, Chris Powell had a Longer 3D printer. And it looks pretty cool. He's actually printing like a pipe threaded part. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're not obviously something that nobody's ever heard of. And I just thought, you know what? May as well. Like there's, they're sending me this laser and it's a 20 watt laser and um, it'll engrave metal, but it also will cut wood and stuff. I think it'll cut half inch plywood. So I'm like, you know what? May as well. Like, and I told them, I said, listen, I said, you can send this to me. And I asked for a couple other things. I said, I want this, 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 this. And I said, if it works, I will do one video for you. And then, you know, kind of going over it. And I said, I'll also likely use it, uh, continue to use it in future videos, like for engraving and stuff like that. And I said, if it doesn't work, I'm not going to make a video about it. And you, and I'm, I'll send it back to you, but I will not incur any shipping either direction. Like I'm not paying custom. I'm not paying a one cent out of my pocket for this thing. And I said, yep, sounds good. Sounds good. So I guess. I guess they're going to send me one, so that might be kind of cool, but now I've got to try and learn how to use it. <laughs> but this one, actually, it's kind of cool because you can, it will actually um, do different colored engravings. Like, it will do just standard dark, but you can adjust the intensity, and it's like an, almost like gives it an anodized look. So you can do something like straw colored, brown colored, blue colored. I thought that might be kind of cool to put patterns on, like, stainless knives. You know, like Japanese, yeah. like a fish or something like that. would be kind of interesting, but I don't know. Figure out if they're going to send me one for free. I'm, you know, if it works great, sure, yeah, make a video about it. This is, this is like the future of making things. You know, everybody everybody's already doing it, and I'm just late to the game. Oh, and I guess I had this other company offer me. They wanted to send me tools, and... Either like a, I think a 3.6 volt cordless screw driver or like a, it's an 18 volt drill, cordless drill. And, and so they're like, we like you to do a video of, to promote these products. And so I sent them a response. I said, my cost for this is 10,000 USD. <laughs> and then they responded. So, okay, where can we send it to? And I said, 
you are going to pay me $10,000 for one review video. I said, if you're not, please stop emailing me. You're wasting my time. And then they emailed me back. They said, we agree to your price. <laughs> like, I don't think so. That was last night. They're like, we agree to your price. Please let us know where to send the product to. And I'm like, okay, I think they're just yanking me along, but I'm going to tell them that I, I want 50% uh, up front. And then I will make the video. I'll send them a private link. And before I publish it, I get the other 50%. <laughs> Can you imagine if they paid me 10 grand for an eight minute video about a screwdriver? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I know, right? Steph's like, do you think it's real? I'm like, no, it can't be real. Like they're reaching, okay, you know what? That video will get like 2,000 views. And like, I'm, I'm sorry, Chinese, they, you say what you want about them. They sometimes are hard to communicate with, but they're not dumb. Like they don't lose money. They don't spend $10,000 on zero views. Like they know how this works, you know? So I just got to figure out how I'm going to respond to them so that I could be stringing them along instead of them just stringing me along. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. you could get it's, 10 grand. Uh, you never know until you get there, the little contract. Yeah, yeah. This is true. I, I like one guy was talking about with the Chinese stuff. <clears throat> he gets the contract and it's basically saying that uh, – He's given them, he would be giving them not only the rights to the video, but uh, future content on his channel. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, you know, basically he would be signing away the, you know, his ownership eventually to his own channel. He's like, no. That's crazy. Because, uh, you know, you um, review one of their uh, cordless drills, right? Nowhere, at no time, under any circumstance in the future, could you show a Milwaukee drill in your video, mm -hmm. even if it's yours, and you're just using it in the background of the video. Okay, gotcha. And there was all kinds of stuff like that. I'm like... No, thank you. You're not going to sign that. Yeah. Then you wonder how many people do and then don't yeah. understand, you know, not understanding. Yeah. It wouldn't be in there if people hadn't signed it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, um. That's weird. YouTube's weird. Like, I, sometimes I half wonder if YouTube is just dying. I don't know. It's. It's stuck. It's what? I think it's stuck right now um, in a corporate kind of manner between they, I don't think they can f quite figure out how to keep both sides happy. Yeah. The people who watch it and the uh, advertisers who give them money. Yeah. Because advertisers want vanilla woke chocolate right mm -hmm. yeah and no one watching statistically speaking no one watching youtube wants that crap mm -hmm. um, i'm convinced of it uh 
I think well, some I, do. Uh, no, I mean, some, I don't think there's. It's a statistically significant number. They can yeah. say, like, when they're out in public, even if they're liberal voters, oh, I want to see blah blah on my YouTube. No, they don't, because they don't watch it. Yeah. You know the. Uh, they've had some folks. Uh, you know, it has not hit any kind of headline because it's the wrong people. But you get these people that are quote unquote famous YouTubers that are woke, and now we find that their entire audience is fabricated. It's just hmm. YouTube and Google corporate lying to you. Hmm. It's the opposite of when people get unsubscribed from very popular but very unpopular from the woke perspective uh, YouTube channels, you know, like uh, gun YouTubers or uh, toxic masculinity YouTubers. I don't know, people like yeah. that work out or people that, I don't know, there's one guy that did, uh, he's a guy and he was doing just karate videos in his backyard and they canceled him. I'm like, hmm. why? Yeah. What was he doing in his backyard besides just demonstrating karate? Oh, nothing. They just somebody called him toxic masculinity. Yeah. Oh, I mean, girls can do karate too. Yeah. It. I don't think there's a gender qualification for karate. Nope. Now, if a woman wants to fight a man in karate, who also knows karate, there might be a problem. Yeah, there's also women who could kick guys' butts. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, I was when I was young, many many centuries ago, uh, and I was started practicing martial arts. The uh, studio we went to was split in half. Half the time they did judo with, you know a judo master, and then half the time they did other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I was in the other stuff. Well, the the judo guy was like, uh, he came in, he's like, hey, you know, you're one of the newer students, right? Yeah, why don't you come do judo also? You know, add some new tools to your body. Nah, I've seen your student. It's not something I'm into, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. interest me. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it doesn't interest me. He's like, well, you know, I bet I could get one of my new students um, it's only been doing judo as long as you've been doing whatever. Kick your butt. Okay, come on. And he had this guy come over that tried to throw me, and I'm just, I'm laughing. I can't stop laughing. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he doesn't wait and do it defensively, he's trying to offensively do it. And it doesn't work that way for me, anyway. And uh, I'm just laughing. And finally, you know, sweep the guy and make him tap. And then uh, the starter's like, oh, well, I've got some, uh, you know, blue with red and purple striped belt girl that can kick your butt. Doubt it. I'm just being a, you know. Um, a little cocky. A little cocky douchebag at this point. And, uh, <laughs> and so... This girl comes up, and I'd seen her around and thought she was, you know, kind of cute, and I was single. She was single. And so I let her throw me once, and then 
uh, I get up and she goes to tell me again. I just wipe her out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, to this day, I don't know why I did it. I don't know what possessed me to do what I did. But I will tell you what, dated that girl for another year after that. Or <laughs> for a year after that. Because had I just been nice to her, yeah, she wouldn't have liked me. Uh, but I respected her as a combatant. And yeah. uh, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, no, I didn't. I was, I wiped you out to tell you, you need to go home and, you know, learn to sew. <laughs> I'm kidding, people. I'm kidding. But, That's funny. But, uh, no, I mean, she when she threw me, I let her throw me, it kind of, you know, annoyed me a little. So, the way she did it. And uh, she was a little cocky, so I had to, whether she was a guy or a girl, you know, I was going to try to put her in her place, (laughs) you know, that's what a young guy thinks about, you know, oh, I can't be, I let it happen, but then I put the onus back on you going, oh, you can't do that to me, really, Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway. That's funny. Yeah, so we kind of got onto this from like cancel culture and stuff like that i noticed um on instagram a few of the accounts i follow they're starting to get a little trouble for knife content and i'm like oh great um so do you ever follow have you ever heard of pariah knives no he does unbelievable work like i think he is probably one of the best at a grind finish and um, he does a lot of Japanese-inspired blades like Tantos and, um, you know, with the different wraps and stuff. His his quality is absolutely exquisite. And um, anyways, like, very simple content. Like, I don't even think he rare. I don't know if I've ever seen him do, like, a cutting test video. Usually it's just a picture or whatever. And he he's shared a few things in his stories lately that his account has been uh, gotten whatever. I don't know. Or some of his content's been flagged and, and banned as violent. And it's like, it's a picture of a knife. Like, literally just a picture of a knife. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, another gentleman, Night Turtle Knives. He does all of his knives by with a file. Like, every knife. And he does a lot of knives. And uh, just has no desire to jump up to a grinder at all. He's been making knives for probably about five, six years with a file. And um, he showed, like, his account is on alert so you can you can go into different settings and see where where you're at and mine's good like i've got two green check marks Uh, i comply with community guidelines and this and that but all he ever posts is um knives like pictures of knives in his hand like you know same thing nothing violent it's not like he's cutting up like (laughs) meat carcasses or anything like that and it's just like ay 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 you know prime like the 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 main way to get rid of knives to sell knives is on Instagram, you know, cause there's a community of knife fanatics there and just make a little post. Hey, I got this up on my website and then, but man, if they're going to start like being, just, it kind of makes your guy a little nervous, you know, it's like, Oh, the gatekeepers. Oh What's that? This um, design he calls the Drake is, Oh my Lord, that is nice. Yeah. Nice Pariah. His yeah. his level is amazing, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. Like I wish I could, uh, and I've I've followed him. I don't know, 
probably like since the beginning. He was one of the early accounts I found. And um, man, he used to do like videos of him grinding, like in his stories and stuff. And man, he just makes it, everything's like freehand. And he just makes it look so easy. And it's just, you know, I personally, I prefer a belt finish on a blade than hand sanded. I, I don't know why. Um, I think the place where I could maybe like hand sanded is on a kitchen knife. Sometimes that can look great, but on an EDC or anything, I, I don't know why. I just love seeing that it was ground on a belt. Like that's just, that's just my jam, you know? And his work is just like, wow. The other guy who I just bonkers good is, uh, you heard of Morgan Cohen. I think I've talked about him before on here. Cohen's craft. Oh yeah. 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 Out of Ontario, man, he's got, he's unbelievable. His finish just like, a lot of that, you know what a lot of that is, and it's such a heartbreak, is it's using, like, brand new belts all the time. <laughs> it's like, you grind, you grinding, it's like, why don't my grinds look just really consistent and uniform and crispy clean? And then you'll see somebody say, oh, you should use a new belt for every single knife. And then it's like, whatever, I'll try it. And it's like, oh, wow, that that is, it's like 50% of it almost, you know? Makes a huge difference. But then it's like just... You'd save all those other belts for like roughing material or profiling or something. But man, if you want a nice clean bevel, it's true. You pretty much need a new belt for every blade. But you know what's sad? What's that? All right. I'm going to get real for a second. And it goes along with our conversation we were having just prior to Knifey talk. Um, my wife is getting her blood drawn for labs for her annual doctor's appointment next week mm-hmm. at the VA. There's a new sign up at the VA and it says touching your desire to touch someone for whatever reason does not outweigh their desire not to be touched. It doesn't matter why they don't want to be touched. That's their business. Just like you wouldn't touch a bag or a purse that belongs to someone else. Don't touch a body that belongs to someone else, which by definition is everybody except your own. <laughs> Why do they have to put that up? That's weird. Or do they have to? Like, I don't know. You see things like that. I'm like, okay, like how many times have you been in there and seen somebody just touching somebody at random? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe they do. They, uh. I, Who knows? Who knows? This this world will never cease to amaze me with uh, <laughs> things I mean, like that. If you don't know what that sign says in your heart, just naturally, I'm not certain you need your hands. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Because hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Strange. So we've got a big, uh, we've got a big doozy of a storm coming in. Apparently, it's coming up from Montana, and we're supposed to get ten to twenty centimeters of snow, which is six to nine inches. And then it's supposed to be snowing all day long today with winds creating a blizzard condition, and we've got a bunch of driving to do today. <laughs> Is this seriously. part of that atmospheric river? 
I don't know. nonsense that California is getting. Could I don't know. Could be because it's coming up from there, like from the south, it's from the west and the south, and it's moving north towards the east. Atmospheric Sorry. river, atmospheric. <laughs> Stop it! It's just going to rain. It hasn't rained there in a couple of years. Very bad. Every couple of years, it rains. Yeah, they say because you, you know, know. I remember all the mudslides, right? Oh yeah, what, a decade ago. Yep. From all the rains, it, come on, people. This ain't new. Cyclical. It's like, oh, oh, there was a hurricane and it blew my house down off of Miami Beach. Oh, yeah. Was that the first hurricane ever? Yeah. No. Well, you know, and it's funny because, like, you know, they've been in such a state of drought, right? And then now all of a sudden they, they say that they're, what they say? They're at about, like, 60% of, like, they've pretty much come out of their drought now. And they've, they're worried that if they have one more wet winter like this one, They'll be like flooding to contend with and stuff. And that's just how it is. It's like dry for a spell and then it's not dry. And then it's dry for a spell. I remember working in um, Fresno, California. And there were services where they would come spray paint your lawn green because you weren't allowed to water. And these trucks, you'd see these trucks and they'd have these big, in some type of a, a paint that wasn't bad for the environment. And uh, it would last for like several weeks. And these people are spray painting their lawns because they're not allowed to water it. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, we're worried about flooding. <laughs> you know? uh, it's well, weird. what California needs to do, and I mean this, every Californian out there, regardless of your politics, um, you need to start inventing and investing in rainwater collection with all of these flooding rains that you're going to get. And then truck all that water back to Lake Mead. Where you've been stealing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You imagine the cost on moving water. Hoo-wee. Yeah, well, you know, those dead bodies and those mob bodies need to be covered back up. That's right. Yeah, we have, uh, here you'll see trucks, like big, huge dump trucks, like full of snow. And <laughs> they move snow out of different parts of the same, like, Man, that's got to be expensive because I know what it costs to get a load of gravel hauled in. And, you know, a truckload of snow for, for like a parking lot, there's a lot of truckloads of snow. It's just funny. It's like sometimes every time I see one, I'm like, this is really weird. We, we actually move snow around the city or like take it outside yeah. the city and dump it in a farmer's field. It seems strange. Yeah, you to should me. look into that. Why is that? Because there's, depending on where you're at, there's some cash Ola. Oh, really? Like snow storage or snow, you know, snow dumping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can uh, lease your land, you know, to a municipality hmm. and they need to get rid of their all their snow. Um, there's a place in Finland that does that. Uh, it's, it's not very big as far as like landmass goes, but it's geographically shape you know the topography of that land is such that it can get pretty deep even though it's not very big in the area so they just you know the guy rents it and to the uh big finnish city and they truck their snow in there and dump it and uh, every so often he's got these uh like snowcat kind of machines that are like a mix between a snowcat and a roller and it mm -hmm. packs the snow down so the truck can back in farther, <clears throat> dump it. Hmm. And all winter, he's just getting paid. 
Oh, wow. Well, what are you getting paid to do? Store snow for the city. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no, if you, like, if you had a little piece of land close to, like, in town or something, like, I'm, I've got too much competition out here. Like, we're just surrounded by big empty fields, so it's not like, uh, it's not like I've got anything to offer, but, yeah, if you're, like, five minutes outside the city and you had a piece of land that, and I guess the one thing is you wouldn't want something that you're going to put to a crop, because you don't want to have to wait an extra several weeks for the snow to melt before you can get something in the ground, but. That's funny. Well, that's a good thing about being in around big cities and not mm-hmm. just small municipalities. Because big cities are notoriously corrupt. So it doesn't matter what your competition is, you know. Yeah. As long as you know the guy who's giving out the contracts in the city, yeah. you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how it works. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I think that is how it works. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, especially, you know, on the east coast of large countries like Canada and the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Extreme west coast, all of the east coast. How's that? Yep. Yep. I'd agree with that. I was just hearing something. I can't recall what the all of the things are, but it was a, just another scandal in and around Ontario government. Um, like some member of they found that was in the city government or something, right? Mm-hmm. Was if you go back a couple of decades with the big uh, in the back in the nineties and the big cocaine wars, mm-hmm. they find out this person is a uh, was pretty big into that. Hmm. It's not surprising. Like, how do you not know that? But then I'm like, oh, it's Ontario. They probably knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm still waiting to find a decent politician. Like, <laughs> it it seems the only people that will ever get into that stuff are people that want control or want to run something or skew something in their favor for some reason. I just, I don't know. We Good men several, don't, don't do politics. Uh, former, uh, there were career people and then they decided they want to try to make their communities better and they ran for office, whether it be city council or whatever, right? They ran for mm-hmm. office. They did a term in office and then were not voted back in. And I think it's because they were those good politicians, they really wanted to make a difference and make a change. But the people who can fund elections mm-hmm. next time around fought against them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how, that's how it works. You know, it's too bad, but too bad, but that is how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you were busy all week with uh, uh, daddy duties, right? Uh, some at house duties. Mm. Our furnace stopped working. <laughs> oh my! Furnace again? 
Uh, the furnace has never had problems. It's like the boiler. So oh, okay. the house, yeah, the house has a boiler. And so the basement has radiant in-floor heating. And then that boiler system heats our hot water tank. Upstairs has forced air. And the thermostat, I guess it, I'm, I'm a little dramatic. The furnace is fine, which is good. Because I'm like, oh, great. Here we go again. But um, our thermostat just stopped working. Like it just stopped calling for heat. And it's one of those little Honeywell wi-fi ones and and actually it was the one that was on here and and for some reason like my parents signed out of it but there's no way we could ever sign into it and so we we're looking to replace it anyways and so it was acting really weird and so we bought a new one put it on and it worked for like two hours and then all of a sudden it just stopped working and this was on sunday and sunday afternoon and i'm like really and so we woke up monday and it was 12 celsius in our kitchen <laughs> Which I don't know. Let me just see. 12 C2F. Uh, what? Why doesn't it just give it to me? Usually it's just like. Okay, so 53 degrees is, is the temperature it was in our kitchen when we got up. And that's cold. And um, and so I thought the furnace was gone because it wasn't calling for heat. The blower was running. And this is a, a mid-efficiency furnace. It's not like a new one. I thought, wow, it's, you know. It's probably 10, 15 years old. It's probably at the end of its life anyways. And I checked a whole bunch of different parts and then did a whole bunch of research. And you can run this component test where you there's a little test thing and you just kind of short it out to the plus 24 volts on the control board and and it'll run through. It's actually really handy. So it'll start up, uh, you know, the blower motor for 10 seconds and shut it off. And then there's, what do they call it? There's a different blower which helps extract the gas Oh, I forget. Shoot, there's a real specific induction motor. It'll start that up. It'll start up this little heating element, this little glow plug thing that, you know, lights the, the flame. And so I ran through it all and everything was running good. And I'm like, well, this is weird. And then did some more research on YouTube and found out you can jumper. Uh, what was it? R and W. And that basically forces uh, the call for heat signal. Do that. And all of a sudden the furnace comes on. It works perfectly. And so, but it, you know, it's one of these things It took me like about four or five hours to figure that out. But so I got to take that, um, brand new thermostat we bought back. And then we're trying to figure out what to get. Like if we get a nest or I don't know, do you guys have any, like a smart thermostat or anything like that? No. And I've had thermostat problems in every house I've lived in. Hmm. Um, the one we're having now is. When we moved, when we bought the house, you know how your thermostat, you can have heat, cool, off, auto, and you just mm -hmm. set. This is where I, I don't want the house any hotter than this or any colder than that. And it will mm -hmm. turn on heat or AC as needed. Mm -hmm. That worked fine. Suddenly it doesn't. Hmm. And we were having problems with when the heater wasn't working, right, for a couple of years. It would just, you know, work whenever it wanted and this winter we finally had it fixed um some what had it fixed but at about the same time we had it fixed the thermostat upstairs started reading wrong mm. it's within two to four degrees off oh wow and <laughs> that, that's a bit i'm like how and uh now the auto doesn't work and blah 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 yeah and i want a smart thermostat but then I don't because yeah. we lose Wi-Fi and 
um, internet and power. So I'm like, eh, I just want a good programmable thermostat or not mm-hmm. even, it doesn't have to be programmable, but if you get the auto, you know, that's a option they add after, you know, mm-hmm. the programmable stuff. I just want a good one that works. It does what yeah, I want yeah. it to do. I don't need to turn my AC off with my phone. Yeah. You know, I just don't. I know. And yeah, we've had this Honeywell one, like this exact same one we've had in like the last two houses, I think. We've been using this thermostat for like, I don't know, five years. It's fantastic. Maybe more than that. And um, it, it is nice because like for traveling or something, like when we always be gone for hockey in the winter, we'd turn the heat down and then we are like, okay, we're leaving the arena now. Then we turn the heat up and I don't really know if you save money doing that or not. I'm not sure, but... Um, and it's nice, like you go on vacation, you can be like, okay, just check the inside, or you can have it send alerts. So if it gets colder than a certain temperature, then it'll send you a, a notification. So it's like, oh, okay, something's happening here. You can call a friend, say, hey, listen, can you go check on my furnace or whatever? But um, these new smart ones, I, I don't know if I like them because they'll, and I'm sure you could turn them off, but some of them will use your your phone information. And so when you leave, it'll turn your heat down. <laughs> and when you come back, it turns it up. Like uh, you can set it so if you're within like 10 kilometers, whatever location, then it turns your heat on. But I'm also like, if it's going off of Seth's phone, <laughs> she leaves during the day and the kids are home doing school. <laughs> it's like, when's mom coming home? Why? Yeah, it's that's cold. a bad idea. Yeah. But I just, I don't like things. I don't like just willingly being like, here. This you technology can use my location every second of the day to set up a set. I don't like that. And I know it's already happening in the background that I don't know about all this, but I'm just like to willingly surrender. And, and I don't need that. Like, I don't want that. No, I do like the idea that, hey, I, I, we turn the heat down at night. And so when we set our program up, it basically just drops down to, I think we go down to 60 at night. And then at six in the morning, it turns on to 65 and that's it and stays on till about nine or 10, I think nine o'clock. And, and that's all I need. That's, it's kind of nice to have that. You know, right now we've just got the old school one with the little mercury vial in there. <laughs> I had one that I found in the shop because I needed something. Um, and I even tested like, I was like, okay, I got to make sure that the wires in the wall are, are fine. The thermostat wires, because those are always solid copper wires and sometimes they can break, you know, depending on whatever. And so I just jumpered it out at the, where you wire in your thermostat on the wall and boom, calls for heat. So good thing is like the furnace is good. Thermostat wires are all good, but we just need to figure something out. And then I bought this thing from Rona and it was on sale. I'm like, sweet. It's like 94 bucks, like 25 bucks off. And it doesn't work. I took it back. Like, oh no, these you have to call Honeywell directly. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, ugh. I haven't had something like that for a long time where you, you can't return it to the store. You have to call the company. But I have to deal with that. But yeah, and then other than that, this week has been uh, oh, working on sign stuff, so that's kind of boring. But then got the little knives all wrapping them up yesterday. It was, got them all. They're basically ready for sheaths now and sharpening. A little batch of last-ditch knickers. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to follow along with that on your Instagram, but Instagram doesn't always show me what I want to see. Yeah, I know, right? It's weird. Ow. 
real quick before I forget, Facebook. You know, yep. Facebook, Instagram, basically the same company. Mm-hmm. And they, they've been showing me ads for uh, something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? I'll just call it a kitchen sink, right? Mowing kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you? Do you want to keep seeing ads like this? No. Okay. Ads like this are just muted for 30 days. They're not going to get rid of them. All right, but you won't see ads like this one for 30 days, right? Yeah. Next post was like your knife post little vid where you're talking about dip them and dipping them in the acid. And then the next is a Delta faucet and then a American standard faucet. And it just, I'm like, okay, you're Not a mowing. Yeah, exactly. You're a, a artificial intelligence is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it's not a mowing. Yeah. Well, it didn't say mowing. It just said ads like this one. And I think yeah. any, you know, uh, kitchen faucet advertisement qualifies as like this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, if you're going to show me ads, let me pick them. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. If you want to pick your ad, you have to give us access to everything. Hmm. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. And then if I, I have found that if I complain about an ad or a post that they suggest, um, and it's something that they're pushing, like I complained about something on my Facebook that was – Basically a political advertisement, but it was a talking about uh, voting against certain uh, uh, prepubescent transgender right issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to see this. I don't care if I'm for it or against it. I don't want to see it in my Facebook, right? Yeah. This doesn't belong. And mm-hmm. not... In my opinion. Yeah. And uh, every time I say, I I used to say no to things like that, what they do then is they just inundate you, like, not with the political advertisement, but with uh, advertisements or suggested or sponsored videos or posts about or from uh, transgender people. Mm. I, you live your life. Let me live mine. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll get judged. I'll get judged, and then we'll see. But until then, you know, I don't want my um, heterosexual friends' sex life up in my face all the time. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't belong. I don't care what your proclivity is. It doesn't belong in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And let's just get that one thing straight. Then I think humanity will be on a course for positive change. Mm -hmm. You know? And 
And also, like, if you went to, so there, the the thing I don't get, and why people, why people, like, they have their agenda and they they force it on us, right? Now, if I went and I said, okay, listen, I would like to pull out an ad, <clears throat> and because you can customize them, I want to uh, pull an ad for a heterosexual lifestyle, and I want to target transgender people. Uh, you know what would would that'd be hate speech. Yes. And so they can come and take their belief system, their message, foist it upon me. That's fine. Like, like, in, in my, pre- like, interrupt my life with this message. But I couldn't do that to them. Okay, so look at here. Just stop. Whichever side you believe on, this is injustice. This is a one-way street. And nothing ever good happens on one-way streets like this. You know, like, if you want rights for people, you have to have rights for all people. Well, the irony is they say, just because I don't agree with you, it's hate speech. I know. (laughs) But but in reality, if we go back to the English language and define words the way they're supposed to be defined, only allowing one voice to be heard, only allowing their agenda to be posted that is actually hate speech. Mm-hmm. You don't 100%. have to say you're scum and you need to die for it to be hate speech. If they only allow one thing, mm-hmm. it's it, it, hate speech. Yeah, so, and it's it's so funny, like how soft the world is. Like, if if you say, you know what, I don't agree with that lifestyle. I believe that is sin, right? Like, I, I believe that is immoral to live that way. And if you consider that hate speech, man, you are a soft, soft, soft human being. Like, if you want to hear hate speech, I can give you it. Like, I would never do it on this podcast, but it would make you cry and shudder. Like, I could hate speech, and you would be terrified. And that, dear people, is actual hate speech. It's inciting violence. It's saying horrible things about you about your family about your children that is called hate speech okay if i say you know what i I think your lifestyle is immoral i believe that is not right that is that is nothing of hate speech but it's like oh it's hate speech oh my word good luck if you ever if if you ever run across like any hard time in your life (laughs) you are so out of touch with reality if you think that is hate speech you know i think it's you know, what you're doing is immoral and in the long term, you're just hurting yourself. No, it's short term, long term, it doesn't matter. I think you're just harming yourself. And, you know, I wish for, you know, your heart and soul that you would do something else. But hey, you go be you. Mm-hmm. You deal with the consequences. Not hate speech. That's hate I speech think style. you should be drugged behind a truck and, until you're dead. Kind of hate speech. That's hate speech, yeah, absolutely. there's a there's not a fine line there's a big bright broad line between my opinion advice um giving you the uh benefit of age education and life experience and hate speech Mm -hmm. yeah it's like saying that you know there's a there's still a place and modern manufacturing, especially job shop stuff for manual machining. Now, is that hate speech for CNC? 
Yes, it is. Well. How, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. You know, I was thinking that'd be the other bummer is that uh, well, before we start recording, talking about microphones, and I'm trying to find a, an easier solution, but it's kind of fun having all these little buttons every now and then, you know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. it doesn't, it honestly doesn't sound that bad at all. You know, it's uh, negligible to my ear. Oh, I'm I'm on my old one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Then. Yeah, yeah. I'm on I'm on my Shure SM7B, and so yeah, like I just did some sample tests with the uh, yeah with that. Oh, was it the Rode NT USB Plus? It's a relatively new mic, and I will say this for USB microphone, it is good. And the handy thing is, like, I can plug it into my iPad. If you buy the lightning adapter, I could just plug it into my phone. And you know, there's there's times when I would just want to whatever i thought you know if you had a small little microphone and an <clears throat> an ipad and you could uh, do a podcast that'd be the best solution you know and it doesn't sound bad but it's definitely not as good as a sure sm7b like like but like i say once you've gone to some some pretty high end like like these aren't they're good quality you know microphones i mean metallica records with them but i mean they're not like a i've seen with my own eyes, like $7,000 microphones. And I'm like, what would that sound like? What's the difference? But um, yeah, it's kind of like a standard for just a decent quality, not over the top, really good sounding mic. And you go from that to anything else, and it's kind of like me. So I don't know. We'll see. The, oh, the it's biggest. It's kind of funny. I was watching, uh, a, I watched a gentleman on the old YouTubes, and he swears by this other kind of microphone that he is used to from his radio broadcast years. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at that when you and I were talking about these uh, Shure 7Bs, and I'm like, I did my research, and I found out that a lot of people that go in to start using the microphone that he purports to be the best, they wind up using this. Hmm. Um, for, like, speaking, podcasting, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, voiceovers, anything like that. They use this microphone. But if you wanted a more group dynamic kind of atmosphere, like unlike what Metallica does, how they record, where every instrument, every voice is a separate 7B, and then it's, you know, all... Mm put together yeah. a post if they're going to do like my instrument and my voice all on the same mic they might not use it they might yeah, they, yeah. they might not but yeah um but all the research i did from every level of you know user uh if it if you're going to be doing something akin to a podcast well here's an example uh audible mm-hmm. when they're doing their uh amazon or audible branded uh, books where they have different actors playing different parts in the book mm-hmm. they use these microphones yeah yeah um when one of the largest well the largest publisher and maker of audiobooks they use these kinds of this, this microphone right here so yeah I'm just saying, you know, if they use it, eh, you know, 
I know. Yeah, and I was watching some this awesome podcast called Can Am Soup uses it. You know it's the best. You know it's good. <laughs> yeah. No, and I was, I was like, so I was kind of looking at different microphones, and then <clears throat> um, this one channel is called Podcastage, and that's all he does pretty much is microphone reviews. And um, so he's comparing. I think it was this one, and he'll take like a brand new mic comes out. And he'll be like, okay, I'm going to compare it to eight other microphones just so you can kind of understand. And then, like he says, you know, it's pretty good for sound rejection, like this one that I, this Rode that I got. And uh, he kind of spins the microphone around as he's talking so you can hear. And one comment he made, he says, of course, it's not going to be like the SM7B, which, you know, you, you can be firing a shotgun five feet on the other side of the microphone. You won't hear the shotgun, but you'll hear the voice. And uh, that's one thing these things are famous for. Like they reject room noise just phenomenally well like like you really don't need a treated room at all like i'm not in a treated room and and so i'm like ah and the the biggest thing is i just it's such a pain moving my computer back and forth and then you know got to do the dongle and do the this and the that and so i'm i don't know maybe next week we should try maybe i'll try doing it back in the shop to see maybe if i don't know because because we recorded in the shop for a while like i was in the shop and it was fine but then we had that spell where it just kept dropping out and we couldn't have a conversation. But yeah, the only reason I was looking for something else, I want a real quick solution to, you know, if I had just one USB cable to plug in, boom, and that was it. Okay, that's easier than bringing all this other stuff. But Or I could leave, like just, I was hoping I could podcast on my iPad and just leave my iPad because I don't take my iPad down to the shop often, so... But no such luck as of yet. But anyways, I should probably get I to work, it was Todd. A combination kind of thing. What's that? I wonder if it was the combination of technologies. Yeah. You mean for like the latency that we had? No, I mean like the difficulty with um, like when you run your iPad or you're running the road through your iPad, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you use uh no matter what you do you're running through the road so yeah yeah i'm just wondering if it's any kind of um i don't know me neither i do know that we i i'm convinced we found one issue with uh you know squadcast road the atmosphere somebody had a problem with me using safari yeah that's one thing they i i because i never really noticed that before but i remember people saying that if you're gonna use squadcast you need chrome so i switched to chrome for just that podcast and uh haven't had an issue yeah it's weird anyways i gotta get cruising todd Another busy cool. day of driving around and blah, 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 but. Well, you know, you'll uh, catch up on your podcast and everything else. Yeah, yeah. You Especially betcha. when you have to mingle. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Sorry, what'd you say? And pull out your earbud. I'm, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Which yeah, I know. my face. I'm hoping, I'm secretly hoping that we get this doozy of a blizzard. And it's like, sorry, the roads are too bad. We're not going. <laughs> it's horrible, but I'm actually hoping for that. But probably not. 
Anyways. There's a, there's a chance. Yeah. Can always hope. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Todd. It was great chatting with you again. Absolutely. And uh, have a good Appreciate weekend, good all week. The and, listeners and thank you. You betcha. And uh, planning on doing it all again next week. So, till then, take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye.